With a history of 5,000 years, it's no surprise that China has created a fabulous treasury of folk tales. Once a year, on the seventh day of the seventh month, all the magpies fly up to heaven and form a bridge. So many amazing worlds to discover. I want a new palace, said King Mu of Zhou one day. Chinese folk tales retold for audiences today. Will, will you marry me? He asked. And with little hesitation, she said, <laughs> Yes! 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. My father must not go to war. Someone must take his place. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3, wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Lai Ming, joined by Xing Yu and Joshua Caldwell. Coming up, prepare for the qualifying exam, read some papers, work to develop an idea, submit conference paper. These are some of the routines of a PhD student as portrayed by a simulation game which some say captured the painful path to obtaining a doctoral degree or quitting. Is the game being unreasonably pessimistic, or does it really shed some light on the lives of PhD students? And the first Golden Pandas Awards will be held in the southwestern Chinese city of Chengdu next week. It'll showcase top-notch films, TV programs, documentaries, and animations by participants from around the world. In our special series, we will introduce some great content featured at this year's event, and today is Xing Yu's turn. But now um, we will talk about games and simulation games and PhD students, the pains that they have to go through uh, before we touch that fun part. So, um, Xing Yu, tell us a bit more about the game that we uh, run into that uh, PhD students are really identifying with. <laughs> Yeah, the game we're talking about today is called PhD Simulator. And just as the name indicates, you know, it's a text-based game in which you are admitted as a new PhD student. And in order to graduate, you have to publish at least three journal papers and pass an exam in each December. And you'll need to make choices on a monthly basis among options like slacking off, reading papers. Slacking off is, not, is an option. <laughs> I can't believe it. Yeah, slacking off is one of the options. And among those like um, preparing for exams, developing ideas, etc., to see if you can survive the whole program. And actually, all of the outcomes are determined by this random number generator. So the result is completely random. Um, hmm. I've tried. Have you tried the game? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I survived six years wow. before quitting. Wow. wow. That's um, fabulous because I tried the game twice and uh-huh. I first time I failed the exam in okay. December. Qualification and exam. Qualification that, exam. That's, that's what I failed uh, <laughs> upon the first try. Yeah. And the second time, um, after I think like two or three years, I lost all the hope and I was forced to quit. <laughs> yes, there's a very important index here, the hope criteria. Yeah. And, and for any action you do, it takes hope. And uh, some actions will uh, have positive feedback and you get more hope. And some actions or certain uh, occurrences uh, will have a negative impact on your hope. And when you lose all hope, you quit. And yeah. that's... 
Uh, Josh, did you have a chance to play the game? I, I had a quick play, a quick play of it. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think it's it's pretty cool. Um, it's a pretty smart and quite, I would say, clear representation. It feels like the way it's done is is quite real in a way. I, I'm pretty impressed. Is my in initial impression of it? Yeah. And then when you're frustrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's frustrating, and it reminds me of a lot of feelings. I. I didn't do a PhD, um, but I was preparing to do one um, uh, about four or five years ago. I was going to do one straight after my master's degree almost. Mm. And um, I dipped my toe into it and <laughs> immediately, yeah, the water was too hot for me. And mm -hmm. um, I, I bailed before it even started. So, And yeah. did the experience of this game give you more hope to carry on with it later on or does it uh, dash any hope you have had for uh, PhD studies? I think it confirmed all of the <laughs> concerns that I had. And obviously speaking to many people who'd already done it. Um, and I know people in the middle of doing it still right now. And yeah, it just confirms all of that. But I must say that I think that the game is definitely from the perspective of somebody who is quite quite young doing a phd and by mm. no means am i saying that they're immature in any way but that they are very invested in it at that point in their life in that maybe they've just done a master's degree and they've gone straight into it or that they're sort of early on in their career or something like this or early on in their academia because i do know that um for a lot of hardcore academics who've done uh, a lot of publications before it wouldn't be this kind of experience so it's still from the students perspective which i guess is the majority right so mm. yeah especially i found it quite interesting is that um at the beginning it says congratulations you have been admitted as a new phd will you accept the offer of course i declined the offer what are you talking you about declined the offer. <laughs> i declined the offer and then the game it asks me again you know i have to accept the offer to complete the game so that's what's interesting about this game and um actually this game was created by a graduate of a doctoral program in electrical engineering at washington university and he actually made this game to celebrate his graduation and i wonder the intention behind this game i i felt like um he was thinking that i can't be the only one who suffered from you know the doctoral program i have to um, invite more people to go through this dreadful process of you know PhD program. I, I guess it's a way to get closure. I mean, it's, it's, it must have been a long and arduous journey for him to yeah. get his uh, PhD degree, and uh, he wanted to say goodbye to that <laughs> process um, by yeah by remembering all the painful experiences and perhaps getting some sympathy from whoever is going through the same thing or has gone through the same thing. I mean, mm. I, that's certainly interesting and we are here uh, sharing a bit of a laugh about the game but we are certainly not here to laugh about whoever <laughs> chooses to uh, go through that path to get a phd i mean that's a lifelong choice and it's a life-changing decision as well and uh, we want to be serious about this do you think uh, this game captures the pains and challenges and the frustrations that uh, a phd candidate have to go through in order to survive or fail at the end of the line. Yeah, 
Definitely. I think um, many PhD students will really resonate with the game because there are quite a few scenarios that um, many PhD students might encounter during their program. Um, what stood out to me is that there's part of the game saying that um, after talking with your advisor about your new idea, your advisor suggested you check an old paper and it turns out that it has been done before. I think it's one of the most frustrating things for students, you know, especially for those who are working on a, a dissertation proposal. You have finally come up with some new ideas and then you find that um, it's been uh, researched or done before. So it can be a, quite a nightmare for PhD students. Mm -hmm. mm. What other frustrations that uh, you encounter virtually while playing the game that resonates with a potentially a real PhD student? Um, I think that one thing is isolation. And I think that that's maybe can be said for games in general. I think one often plays a game in isolation, but when you're doing when you're playing a game like this, you feel quite isolated and on your own. And it's mm. you against the world, basically. And that's, I think, a big struggle with academia, especially as you get into the, the more advanced stages of academia and the more focused stages. PhD research um, is pretty lonely for many <laughs> reasons. Um, I mean, when you compare it to like a bachelor's degree, because of course, when you're doing a bachelor's degree, it depends on your discipline. This can be to a greater or lesser degree. But when you're doing your bachelor's, often you are with a lot more people and you're doing a much more general course and you're sort of in it together. And it can be extremely difficult. I'm not taking away anything from the difficulty of it, but at least there are people around you studying the same course, maybe even writing the same essays, depending on your subject. But as you go further and further, your area of focus becomes more and more niche, mm. more and more specific, and you become more and more cut off. And so... Unless your friends and family are also PhD students or even academics working in the same field, even if they are in the same field, you're often quite isolated because that's the whole point of a PhD is you're supposed to be contributing to that field of research by that point. Mm -hmm. And so I think this game sort of emulates that feeling a little bit. It's a bit lonely mm -hmm. and isolated and dull. And that's something I think is pretty real with a PhD. Mm -hmm. It seems like uh, if you want to pursue a PhD degree, you make a choice of going into the niche of the niche. I mean, every <laughs> yeah. step of the way you have to compete, you have to outshine your peers in order to get your master's degree and then get your admission to a PhD studies, that sort of thing. So and every step of the way you outcompete people who aren't qualified, who, or perhaps people who are not in a good position uh, to go down the same path as you. As, as such, you reach a point where you are almost peerless, where perhaps only a few people in the world are doing the same kind of studies as you are. Mm. And uh, they're all top of the game. They're all stay focused, eyes on the horizon and knowing what's going on in their own field. And every paper being published, every uh, well, academic conference, every uh, academic journal being published, they have to keep track of them. And also, it's about pushing the boundary of human knowledge in specific fields. And if you're not ready to do that, if you don't have the knowledge or the skills or the thinking, even the right kind of thinking, then perhaps you're, you're not the right person to fill that position. Yeah. 
Listening to what you said just reminds me of a, a friend of mine. When I was an undergraduate student, he had been in his PhD program for, I think, seven years, and he was unable wow. to graduate. That's a very long time in the Chinese context. And he didn't seem to want to graduate, you know. He seemed to be enjoying and also hating his PhD program at the same time. So he majored in astronomy. So I think probably he was working on this big astronomy project with his supervisor, or it could be that he um, he wanted to escape, you know, the fierce competition in the workplace, because if he graduates, he had to go to the workforce. So he might want to enjoy school life as longer as possible. That could be uh, one of the reasons. Mm -hmm. mm. There's a slight difference, or perhaps a big difference, between people who go into PhD studies in China and perhaps in a different country. Yeah. Uh, here in China, percentage-wise, I, I feel there is a higher percentage of people who go straight from master's studies or master's graduation mm. into uh, PhD studies. And namely, like uh, Josh said earlier, uh, he or she may be very young in his career, even if she, he or she decides to pursue a career uh, in this field. And so uh, as in comparison, in a different country, for instance, in the UK or in the US, uh, there's a slightly uh, bigger percentage of people who may have had some experience, working experience or research experience to come back to the campus and really do the serious studies uh, and really take on the challenges to get the degree. And also, Xing, you mentioned something about the escape from the job market. Yeah. Um, that, well, that is a reason to go <laughs> into PhD students, uh, right or wrong. But um, Josh, what do you think would be the right incentive or the right motivation for somebody who make that life-changing decision to go into PhD studies? I, I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I think the reason should be that you do have an ambition to contribute to that field of research. I think that it is mainly founded in research. I think good PhDs, useful ones are. And I think that you should really have a passion in that area to do something hopefully positive or at least have an effect on that area of study, that area of research. So. Um, and that can be profitable, depending on the area of study. It can be very profitable. It can make you more employable, depending on, on what you want to do. Um, it's an extremely difficult thing to complete. It's extremely time-consuming. It's often not economically profitable in the short term. I mean, especially if you're getting into your 30s or e even older, of course, which is totally fine, um, especially to do a PhD, I think. Um, you're taking that time out, and unless it's funded... Even if it is funded, a lot of funded PhDs don't give you that much money. So I think it's for people that want to get into a career that uh, gives them something more than money, I would say. Um, I think that it, eventually it can result in, in money. I think people can respect you deeply uh, for having one and it can help you become employed. But yeah, you've got to have other ambitions in life other than <laughs> money, I think, if you're going to do a PhD, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, actually, many of my um, Chinese friends, they pursue a PhD program because they want to stay 
um, in the university or work in universities after they graduate. And for especially for top level Chinese universities, um, you have to acquire this kind of um, level of education degree to get that position. Mm-hmm. Right. We did mention something about going into the niche of the niche. But I think here we have another crossroads uh, or another point of difference between uh, China and perhaps students in a different country. And that is here in China, if you go into a PhD study, chances are you will have to look for positions uh, pertaining to your area of studies Mm. or area of research. Either you choose to stay in the same school that has supported you in your studies or you look for... Uh, industry or institution that sort of matches your area of studies. Um, in the UK or in the US, um, I sense that uh, more people don't necessarily go into the same area that they've studied in, in their academic mm-hmm. years. Josh, what do you think makes that difference? That's a good question. I'm not sure what makes that difference. I, I know that at least in, in the UK and US, uh, which is where I was looking to do my PhD at the time. I, I was looking to do something that was not connected to my bachelor's and master's degree directly. But I think that we just, we definitely have, what we think about academia as schools of research. So it might be social sciences. And within that, it's very interdisciplinary. And it, that can also cross over to sciences in general. Maybe you've studied something like history or political science but you're more interested in sociology. And then sociology has a crossover with psychology, of course. And then if you've managed to get a master's degree in sociology, and one of the sociologists you study, for example, Sigmund Freud, who is definitely written, uh, he's a sociologist, but he's also, of course, a psychologist. Mm -hmm. And maybe if you can just prove to the university, basically, that you're serious about doing something slightly more scientific, like a psychological study, where there's definitely more of an element of science if you're going to conduct a study, you can you can definitely do that. So I'm not sure if it's just because universities are more open to this sort of interdisciplinary um, academic crossover when it comes to a PhD. I'm not sure if it's because maybe uh, once you get to that level, you're basically maybe proving that you're capable enough academically to take on almost any subject. I mean, it depends really, but... I think this is one thing. Uh, I I know that as long as you can prove that you're serious about committing to this PhD for that three or four years and you have a decent academic background, you've got a good chance of getting on the course, to be honest. Right, right, indeed. It's a shame that I haven't personally had the experience of going through the PhD study, but from the people I know who has gone through that or who are currently going through that, I admire the kind of... (laughs) study they have to go through Mm. Um, it's a very good training of the mind yeah it really shapes your way of thinking and uh, forms your analytical uh, capabilities Mm. also in order to be able to finish all the studies or all the requirements upon you within a given period of time it involves a lot of management ability self-management abilities and time management as well Uh, so in order to survive Um, that uh, long and arduous journey or ordeal, as somebody puts it, um, is a a giant test of your character, of your uh, capabilities. And you emerge out of this 
as somebody who's entirely different, uh, as I guess. I mean, certainly from somebody who's observing it on the backbench. So I imagine if the right HR who's going uh, through the resumes of people applying for positions, I imagine they will certainly resonate with people who have already obtained uh, their PhD. But then the real world is a much more complicated uh, place than we imagine mm. or, or than we experience in colleges and, and research institutions. There are a lot of things to be considered here. For instance, there's the issue of overqualifying oh. uh, certain jobs and, yeah. and as such. So, um I know a lot of our listeners, uh, they are college students, and uh, perhaps the idea of getting into PhD studies is uh, on their mind. But I hope through this discussion you get, uh, or perhaps through playing that game we mentioned <laughs> earlier, uh, you get a feeling, you get an idea of what you're getting into, and perhaps uh, be prepared uh, for what you are about to engage in. You're listening to Roundtable. Next up, our special series on the Golden Pandas Awards.